Hey, Dinks, welcome to Dentist in the Know, your backstage pass to current trends, politics, and education in the dental world. We are dentistry source for honest, relevant information. And with that in mind, this is JB's News on the Go with Dentist in the Know. So introducing to you with all the relevant information, Dr. Jennifer Bell. It's been an interesting week. Obviously, yesterday was election day, and I'm sure most of you have heard that the question two on the Massachusetts ballot passed actually pretty handedly at 70% of the vote uh, going in favor of question two, um, which was a little bit of a someone coined today, David and Goliath story. There was a lot of money coming in in opposition of that particular um, item on the ballot from large corporations and obviously... um, insurance providers wanting that to not be passed. So it will be interesting to see. Uh, I think several things may come from this. One, uh, certain insurance companies that are very much not operating within those parameters may have to uh, take a hard look at the books and figure out how they're going to reinvest back into patients. Um, The other thing that will be interesting is if other states will take a cue, um, especially because of how much attention There were two other states that actually had passed this within the last couple of years. But for some reason, the Massachusetts one really got a lot more traction. And with the support of the ADA uh, and other organizations really coming out boldly with a lot of financial support, um, it will be interesting to see if other states take up the cause to add that to their ballots in the upcoming election in 2024. So we'll keep posted if we we hear any traction gaining from other states or, you know, if you want to work with your local legislators to consider bringing that forward to mirror what happened in in Massachusetts. I would say there's definitely some opportunity for improvement in that particular language. So maybe let the dust settle a little bit and see how that actually forms into applicable law. In addition, uh, there is now we talked about this actually back in May of this year, the ADA was looking at the CDT code conglomerate. Um, Every year they have a CDT code group that looks at the codes and makes recommendations for modifications. They might add a different level of uh, procedure code. They might tweak something. They might add a new procedure code. Uh, Sleep has been a popular area in which we've seen newer codes starting to show up in the CDT code book. So that's a very standard process that happens on an annual basis. But in addition to that, they have a committee now who's tasked with looking at the CDT in an enhanced way. Uh, I think it's going to mirror a lot more like medicine and medical coding. They state that the CDT codes as they exist with the D and the four digit code afterwards, that will stay in place. Um, But they're looking specifically at modifiers, which if you do any medical coding at all, you'll be familiar with that. Um, And those modifiers are really intended to start getting very granular on the type of dentistry we're doing. So, for instance, if you do a restorative procedure with a handpiece versus a restorative procedure with a laser, you might choose a different modifier for that particular code. Um, If you use a 3D printed crown versus a milled crown, you might choose a different modifier for that full coverage restoration. So that's the granularity that they're looking into to get more specifics. There's a lot of reasons why they want to gather that information. Obviously, from a data collection standpoint, they'll understand a lot better the practice of dentistry and what it really looks like. 
uh, what doctors are really doing on a day-to-day basis. I think there's always the risk and concern that folks have of the unintended consequences of these particular changes and how it will impact how insurances look at us, what reimbursements they'll disqualify based on whether or not we're using certain technologies or not. It also will continue to enhance whether or not they require us to use certain technologies or techniques um, when we're doing different dental procedures. So, you know, these are the things that I think warrant additional discussion. So the ADA now has a five-month open comment period. I'll post the links tomorrow. I really encourage you to look through this very carefully. Um, They have a couple Q&A sessions. I'll post those dates as well if you want to sit and listen to a small presentation about what they're currently looking to do and how they're looking to modify the CDT code book um, and give everyone an opportunity who has any vested interest in this to express their comments um, related to the changes that are coming. This is a five-month period. So if you feel passionate about getting paid for what you do every day, I would definitely take an opportunity to educate yourself. I don't really think this is a discussion of whether or not these are going to happen. I think that ship may have sailed. So now we're at least part of the participating group um, to give open comment about how to make it the most effective and better understand what some of the unintended consequences may be. Major organizations are watching this as well, providing ample feedback on whether or not they think different changes are warranted or necessary. But the individual dentist can certainly provide feedback as well. So I would encourage you to do that. I will post a lot of information on that tomorrow so that you can click and go straight to it and educate yourself because that's a big topic for us. The ADA also put out their state of dental economy, their Q3 report. They've been doing this really consistently for the last couple of years. I've mentioned it on a routine basis here at Dinks because I think it gives a really, it's the only place currently that I know of where you can go and get a broad overview of what the state of dentistry is looking like pre-pandemic, during the pandemic, and now post-pandemic, which has been a very rocky kind of bounce back. And there were some interesting changes that occurred in Q3 from Q2. One, it seems like the data that they're collecting, and they interview about 1,200 dentists, so it's a sample population throughout the U.S. It looks like among those dentists that a little bit of easing is happening in in the staffing world. So there's a question they ask about, are you open and not seeing patients because you don't have enough staff, patients aren't calling to book appointments, they're canceling last minute, or they're no-showing, those particular type of statistics are tracking. The staff shortage piece being the reason why we can't see patients seems to be easing a little bit. It had been on a pretty good trajectory for quite some time. This is the first downtick that you're starting to see on the graph, which may be an indication either we've stopped looking or they're filling enough necessary positions to keep the schedule full or getting more creative in the way they're utilizing their current team members to manage the schedule. Maybe assisted hygiene, for instance, or advancement of a DA1 to a DA2 in office training, et cetera. Um, But the number of patients just not calling to book appointments or not recapturing on those treatment plan presentations is going up. So it does seem like, in general, still the busyness of the doctors have not reached back to pre-pandemic level. We're still about 9% below where we were before um, the Q1 of 2020. So, you know, that is a concern. The other thing that came out that continues to be challenging, and and I just don't know how it's going to play out, 
is that the data that was collected also showed that most dentists are continuing to show increases in laboratory costs, rent, um, staffing costs, and dental material expenses uh, related to providing patient care. But for the first time, this was much larger than what I saw out of the Q2 report. Almost 90% of dentists of the sample population report no change or a decrease in their fee reimbursement schedule. In fact, one in four dentists have reported that their insurance company has dropped their reimbursement rates in Q3. That is extremely concerning. You've got these two compounding issues heading toward this sort of collision course where the profit margin of a dental practice is getting uh, fairly compromised while we're trying to kind of renegotiate out of the pandemic uh, hit that most small businesses had, staffing increased costs or not being able to find enough. And if doctors are going to start seeing decreases in reimbursement from insurance companies, this is going to be a pretty difficult challenge for most practices to overcome. In fact, as we mentioned before, for really the first, not the first time in history, but a pretty marked uh, time that hasn't repeated very often in the history of dentistry in the U.S. as they've been tracking the data against inflationary rates. While the rate of inflation in the U.S. still stays around 8.2%, we did have a slight downturn uh, last month. The rate for for inflation uh, in dentistry is only at 4.1%. So that's a pretty key reflection of the fees not being able to adjust high enough to compensate for the economic inflation trajectory in the U.S. So, you know, I'm glad the ADA continues to collect this data. I think we need to continue to stay educated about the the state of our profession, creative ways that we can be uh, nimble. Uh, I think it's going to force doctors to be um, creative, hopefully within the law, of how they run their practices, how they maximize the staff they currently have, how they manage their overhead and expenses, Do they stay in network or not? I think these are all really interesting questions. I worry long-term, not as much about the dentist, but about the quality uh, and access to patient care, because I think if doctors have to make these types of adjustments, and rightfully so, I might add, um, the number of doctors who will be able to see patients will, the number of available appointments will certainly uh, take a hit. So not to be Debbie Downer, you know, we're coming off an election. I think there's a lot of um, views into 2023 and what hopefully economic outlooks will look like. Um, But I do think, you know, batten hatches and be prepared for um, adjustments as needed. And with that, little ray of sunshine is done with the news yet again. So, gang, that's it for today's show. We want to thank you for tuning in. But more importantly, we want to thank you for being a part of Dentists in the Know. I'm Dr. Jeff Horowitz. I'm Dr. Chad DePlantis. And I'm Dr. Jennifer Bell. And we're Dentists in the Know. Remember, gang, dentistry is an amazing profession, but it's way more rewarding when you're in the know.